we just kept looking at each other like, can you believe this? Can you believe we, what we're doing? And it was, it was just unreal. Welcome to Journey with Jake. This is a podcast about travel and vacations through the eyes of ordinary people like you and me. While it will be somewhat informative, this podcast is about the stories and experiences and the why behind the travel. My goal is to take each of us on a journey each episode as I speak with a different guest about the places and experiences that have meaning to them. My hope is we'll each gain a little more insight from these experiences and appreciate the places we like to travel to. After all, it's not all about the destination as it is about the journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to Journey with Jake. This is episode number 25, moving right along again, halfway through the 20s now. This is fantastic. We just heard a little snippet from my good buddy, Travis Wild. What an experience I had talking with Travis Wild about his family's trip to Belize. And we'll dive into that, but I kind of wanted to give a little background on my relationship with Travis, because Travis, he may not know it so much, but he he does really mean a lot to me. He's another one of those figures, kind of like Chip Franks, if you listen to episode eight with Chip Franks, another one of those folks who, who really means something to me and kind of really helped me along, especially you know during the pandemic when I was trying to figure out what I was doing and I had the opportunity to go to work with Travis and, and learn from him and grow from him. And so I'm really thankful for, for Travis. I remember talking to him, oh, it was October of 2021. I was thinking about going to work for, for the company that, that Travis works for, Test Out, and wasn't sure if I should do it and what I should do. And I remember having a conversation with him and I just felt really good about who Travis was and the kind of person he was. And so I'm grateful that we had the chance to sit and visit about his family's trip to Belize. This is the longest episode I've ever put out so far. I thought about possibly splitting it up into two parts, but there's just too much good in the one episode that I didn't want to split it up in any way. And I think you'll enjoy this episode. It is fantastic. It's so fun to hear his different perspective on things and his relationship with his family. The stars of the show, besides Travis, is his wife, Sally, and then his five kids. Oh, let me see if I get this right. Tyler, Abby... Emma, Porter, and Blake. Those are his five kids. I think I got it right. If I messed up, I apologize. But just come along for this ride to go into Belize. This is like a big trip. This is a kind of a big deal of a place to go and take your whole family. It's just a family of seven that's going to Belize. And just getting there was half the battle. And then while they're there, the experiences they shared together. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this visit with Travis Wild about Belize. Well, today on Journey with Jake, I have a good friend of mine, Travis Wild. Welcome to Journey with Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. After hearing the episode with Brooke, like I, ha- I had have to keep up. Like, heck yeah, it was awesome stuff. Heck yeah, and I had to get you on board. And I've known you for oh god, what has it been now? Year and a half, something like that. Maybe pushing, yeah, pushing two years this fall. Pushing two years, yeah. But you've been a good friend of mine, and I've learned a lot from you. And you took a trip to Belize, and we're going to dive into that with your whole family. But first, like I always do, I kind of want to know a little bit about who Travis is so our listeners can kind of know who is Travis Wild. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything crazy about me. I mean, I, I'm a father of five kids ranging 21 to eight years old, three boys, two girls. Uh, my wife, Sally, is a vice principal at a high school, and I'm in educational cells. So that's where you and I met. And 
work experience and I was fortunate enough to spend a, a good year learning from you and working with you. And it was, it was good. And man, uh, outside of work, um, I'm a Utah native. I do like to travel. It's funny growing up. I, we never travel, never, ever, ever. And if we did, it was always in Utah. And so getting outside the state, in fact, I'm trying to think, yeah, probably the first time I even flew on an airplane, I was 17 or 18. So yeah, we didn't, we just didn't do the travel thing as a, as a family, but as I, you know, I've gotten older and I, I love travel and I love visiting new places, new cultures. It's just an amazing experience to see different people in different parts of the world and where they live and what they do. I would agree with that for sure. Now, before we jump into Belize, like you mentioned, you got five kids, you have your wife, Sally. Is there any places that the wild family likes to go? Is there certain, do you have certain go-tos that you guys have done over the years as a family? Yeah. So like, you know, it's easier in state and luckily being in Utah, we are fortunate to live in a state with such a diverse place. So we have a couple of go-tos. One would be Escalante. Now, if you're not from Utah or there, you probably pronounce it Escalante. If you do that, that's pretty, pretty lame, but um, that's a go-to place for us. We love going down to that part of Utah and hiking. And there's a couple of slot canyons down there, peekaboo, spooky. Um, th- those are just, I mean, we've done those numerous times with not only with family, but taking friends down there. Uh, one, of, one of the most gorgeous waterfalls in the whole state is, uh, is, is down there with Calf Creek Falls. There's an upper and lower falls there. And the, you know, the lower falls is where you go to get your postcard picture of the upper falls, just a fun hike where you get to jump off about a 15 foot waterfall into a pool. So that's, that's always been a special place for us. Recently, I was down in Bryce Canyon doing a, you know, a, a rim, rim to rim hike. We hiked down in, you know, what's interesting though, Jake is uh, both of my wife and I have grown up and born and raised in Utah. And until last year, I mean, there's so much to see in Utah that, you know, we talk about like international travel, but there's so much to see here. She'd never been up into the Uinta mountain range until about two years ago. when I, we said, Hey, let's take a drive up there. Now I've, I've been there as a kid who, you know, and then, you know, different scout trips or various reasons, even work. I've been up that direction, but she had never. And if you're looking for a gorgeous drive, the Mirror Lake Highway just up above Camas is just gorgeous. And so you have that diversity from the Red Rocks in Southern Utah to the mountains and mountain lakes and streams and pine trees. And so, I mean, we've tried to give our kids an, ex, you know, an experience of, of what's around us. There's two places Sally's always wanted to take the kids that for one reason or another, we just haven't Yellowstone and Grand Canyon, both are within relative close distance, but you know, we we're centered here in such a great spot that, you know, getting up even into Idaho and, and down into Arizona. And it's really not that, that bad. I mean, we, we took the kids over to Grand Junction, Colorado, and either has been there during COVID and it was, it was amazing. Just, you know, the diversity within, you know, a three to four hour car drive of what we have. We've, we've gone up to Twin Falls to take the kids skiing up there and little podunk ski resort, but it was, a, it was a fun experience. So we like to do things as a family your kids are only a little so long. And so we were trying to take, make the most of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is nice to do things close to home. sounds like you've had that. So this though, this was kind of like, this is like a once in a lifetime trip going to Belize. 
So (laughs) tell me the background on that. How did this all come about? I mean, I read a post that you put on Instagram that kind of dove into it a little bit, but I want to hear your side and kind of how this came about. I've always joked. So I lived in Florida like 26 years ago and I met this lady and she'd been to Belize. I'd never heard of Belize before then. (laughs) And most people actually, when you tell we're going to Belize, they're like, where's that? Is it in South America? Well, no, it's in, in Central America, just underneath the U- Yucatan. And so anyway, this this lady that I met in Florida, her name was Jerry Small. Um, her real name was Gladys, but the kids called her Happy Bottom because they called her Gladass, Gladys. Um, <laughs> so she went by Jerry, and I'll never forget her telling me about going down there, being in Belize, seeing all the Mayan ruins, and how amazing it was. So we're kind of at an interesting crossroad in our family structure my oldest is 21. My my second oldest is 18. She just graduated. And we really wanted to do just a fun, crazy adventure that the kids would always remember. And, you know, they're at an age, my youngest is eight. So it just made it a little bit more feasible. You know, when kids are little and you're packing car seats and worrying about having to know where the, you know, the next bathroom stop is or where you can change a diaper, it's rough. And so, we're at a stage where Blake's old enough and before the other kids move on with their lives, move out, move away, move out of state, who knows what happens over the next couple of years. But Sally and I both felt really strong. Like, hey, we need to go do something big, make, make a really big memory out of all of this and just um, have, have an experience. So she said, let's go to Hawaii. She'd gone to college for a year in Hawaii. And I have never been to Hawaii. Oh, so wow. it is while it is on my bucket list, the idea I've heard of so many people going to Hawaii right now and everything I hear, it's so crowded, so busy. It's so expensive. And so I, I threw out to her, heck, I go to Hawaii. Let's go to Belize. <laughs> so, um, and, and I've joked, I've honestly joked about going to Belize, like our whole married life. It's just this obscure country in Central America. And we said, okay, well, let's look at it. We look at it. Flights were the same price as Hawaii. And I'm like, this sounds amazing. Let's do it. And so yeah, it took us a little bit, but we finally like, okay, let's, let's book it. Um, here, here's something I w- will tell your listeners. You see a good deal on flights. Don't hesitate. Cause we hesitated. We're like, ah, do we really want to do this? It probably cost us, you know, a hundred, 150 bucks a ticket uh, times seven. So <laughs> don't hesitate. If you're planning on a family trip, there's a good deal on flights. And you feel like it's, you know, in that one. I, mean, I don't know if you're like me, but when you're looking on Google flights and you see it's in the low category, pull the trigger. It's not going, you're not going to save anything. It's not worth the risk. So just do that, it. Um, just do it. If, if it's something you're going to do, you hit a low price point, pull the trigger. So we waited. It did cost us like a hundred, 150 bucks each, but we did, we, we booked the tickets. Now going at, we're out of Salt Lake is the closest major airport. So we did have to, uh, we did fly on American through Dallas Fort Worth, and then on down, um, most major air airlines. I, I know Delta had it in there, but um, American was, you know, we're still trying to be a little bit more family friendly budget wise in planning this. So American had a decent deal, and they have a, a flight in and out of uh, Belize every day. So very good. So you took advantage of that. I like how you had the comparison. You had Hawaii and Belize going. I think yeah. in most people's minds, they're probably thinking, well, Hawaii is kind of the safe choice. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get. I don't think your wife really you know what you're going to get. Yeah. There's lots of people that have been there. Yeah. And, you know, lots of reviews. You don't have to worry about drinking wine. <laughs> One of my worries was like, Hey, we go down there and we need drinking water. 
you know, because you're not in, in the States anymore and there's certain levels of expectations of, you know, what, what to expect it, you know, it's, it's not the United States, but that's part of the experience we wanted to give our kids too. Um, that was kind of uh, one of the reasons my daughter had, had spent a, uh, the week before actually two weeks, well, she spent two weeks in Paraguay. She got home with a week between, but, you know, going into a different country really is an eye opener for what some of the, I'm going to call them luxuries that we have living in America that we sometimes take for granted. We just expect everybody has clean running water. Everybody has running toilets that, that flush and that's not true. And that's okay. And it's worth, it's worth it all to see what those parts of the world are like. Yeah. And experience that for sure. That's a, that's a good plan. I like that. You kind of felt the need, you know, I felt the need, you kind of debated between Belize and Hawaii. Like, let's do it. We're going to do Belize. Yeah. Hawaii would have definitely been the easy choice. Sally's got her bucket list of things she wants to show me and see me and do, but she'd spent a year there. And so like, well, you've already experienced, I want you experience something you have. And that was a big factor too. Uh, going to a different country, um, everybody in the family had passports except for the younger two. So like, let's get the younger two, let's use the passports. Why, why not? So that was um, a consideration too. Uh, here's This goes into research of where you're going to go and what you want to do. Th- thinking Central South America, anything south of the United States, you think, well, it's Spanish, right? Well, guess what? Belize is English speaking. Um, so it's a British colonized state. And it wasn't until the 80s that it was uh, established as its own country. And so they speak English there. So that's on one hand, that was really nice because I didn't have to worry about a language barrier. But I have three kids that are both in dual immersion Spanish programs where it's like, oh, good. They're going to be fully immersed. They'll have to translate for me all the time. So just make sure you do all of your research. And don't expect <laughs> so you're like language. You're expecting them to speak Spanish when you got there? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, by the time I got yeah. there, I was well informed. But my original, you know, once again, it's not like I'd studied Belizean history. Um <laughs> Um, and looked up on, you know, I did, I did my research, but when I initially thought uh, South of the border, they speak Spanish, but they don't, they total English. Now we, we did, there, there's three main languages spoken in Belize. So you have English is, is the, the official language. I believe about 25 to 30% speak, do speak Spanish. And then the other like 15% speak what's called a, a Creole, a the best way to describe it is an English Spanish mix and everything is shortened and good luck trying to understand it. You can kind of pick it up, but it's, it's kind of a hot mess. You're going to take this trip. You want to make some memories. You want like you said, your yeah. family's changing, your dynamics of your family's changing. You got older kids now, who knows what I, I mean, I experienced that this year. My two oldest sons are both now married. So yeah, things, yeah. things change. Think time moves on and who knows what will happen. So I love the fact that you did that. And you kind of went big with going to Belize. I think that's a big, big choice, a (laughs) big thing. And that was, that was part of it. Like we had to, this could, in fact, part of the reason why we did this trip too, is our kids kept giving us crap. Like, Oh, you just talk about it. You're we're never going to do it. And so we're like, we're going to prove you wrong. We're call your bluff on this. (laughs) Yeah. We're calling your bluff and we're booking tickets and we're, this is going to be the like trip of a lifetime. You're going to be talking about this to your grandkids. And I hope they will. I hope they're like, Hey, as a family, we did this. All of this went down, and we, we this is what we saw. And I really, you know, hope it was that impressionable. I, I think we did everything, but that made it a little bit overwhelming to plan a little bit because one, once again, you know, you know, it's different when you're traveling for work. Yeah, you can just expense everything. And yeah, and, but when it's on your dime, you're a little bit more uh, conscientious of. Uh, okay, I'm paying for all these meals times seven, right? So there's seven of us, and so everything we do. Yeah. Plus just, any little excursions you do or things, you know, just 
everywhere. Yeah, and I didn't want to do little excursions, right? (laughs) We're going to Belize. This might be the only time I get there. I hope to go back, but there's lots of other places I'd like to go to as well, but I'm looking at the things. And so I, I would suggest, you know, anybody going anywhere like Belize, find somebody who's been there. Belize is, there's enough tourists from the States that go to Belize. You can find somebody. So I did have a buddy that, um, has been down there a couple times. He's a big scuba diver. So if you're looking for somebody and looking for an expert on Belize, look to your scuba diver friends, uh, because it is a hotbed for scuba diving, uh, the largest, um, coral reef in, in North America, North America, South America, the Americas. I don't know. It, there's a huge coral, coral reef along there. Apparently, I didn't do all my research. Um, another popular um, spot for the scuba divers is the Blue Hole. If you've ever seen pictures of that, it's a big, huge sinkhole with all these formations in it. And scuba divers love going going there too. So, before you kind of give me just, I want an overview of kind of what you did because I know you did part beach, part jungle, that sort of thing. But first, tell me about actually getting there because that was a challenge in and of itself. You kind of were going oh right. Gosh. It's been on the news this yeah. past summer about flights being canceled and things happening like that so tell me about just getting there right so that's uh that was a little bit nerve well that was a lot nerve-wracking once again if i'm traveling for work i miss a flight it's not a big deal there's one of me gets you know and it's happened before i remember you know having to stay overnight in atlanta one night it wasn't fun but you, you know you work through it but when there's six other people involved and there's seven total seats it makes it hard um, so we get to the airport. We were leaving at our original itinerary had us leaving out of Salt Lake City on a 6 a.m. flight, which means we had to be at the airport at 4 a.m. Uh, you know, to get everybody checked in on time and plenty of time because I get nervous about, you know, once again, if it's me, no big deal. But I didn't want seven of us to miss a flight. So we're leaving the house like 3.30 in the morning to be there at 4. We get there to the gate. We had a connecting flight. One, once again, there's only one American Airlines flight in and out of Dallas each day. So we had to make our connecting flight. And originally when I booked it, I, I'd given ourselves about two and a half hours of layover time just because, you know, things happen. Getting once again, seven people from one gate to another and making sure we're, we're good. So we get there, we get all the way to the gate. Things are looking good. We're all excited. It's six o'clock and we get delayed till seven. Like no big deal. We got, you know, that two and a half hour window still gives us another hour and a half. Then we get delayed till seven 30. And I'm like, mm, this is not good. We're still good though. Seven 45 comes around and they're like, Hey, the plane's not going to leave here till 10 30. There's a mechanical issue. We're not going to be able to get you out today. You, you could fly to Dallas to, and, and wait there, but there's only one flight going down there. And you just either wait in Dallas or you can go back home. And we have two flights going into Dallas tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll book you on the first one. And so if something comes up, we can, you know, there's one leaving at eight, one leaving at nine. So we're like, okay, you know what? And so that was hard because we lost a day of the vacation. I'm frantically, I, I had this thing all planned out. So I'm frantically letting people know who's, who are expecting us to come, our Airbnb, our shuttle driver, everything, because it just, a whole wrench into it. Not a big deal. Everybody was fabulous to work with and just very understanding. So then they're like, okay, well, we'll get you on the eight o'clock. We'll get you down there. Very, very accommodating. So once again, got to be at the airport two hours early. So we're leaving the house at 5.30, which wasn't as bad as 3.30, but still getting there. And we get there and we don't have assigned seats. Thank you, American Airlines. 
<laughs> um, I usually fly Delta. Um, we don't have assigned seats, but they promised, hey, we'll get you on. And come to find out there were four broken seats on this plane. Don't ask me how a seat's broken, but they're basically now down four seats. Remember, we take up seven seats on that plane. So they start, and I started worrying once I saw on my little mobile app that they were offering um, $700 to have people take the next flight. There was a couple of people that took it before anybody started boarding. So, okay, well, we're going to get there. They start loading people on the plane. We're not getting seats yet. They finally get five of us on. And Sally's like, you go, you know, I want to be the chivalrous husband and be like, I'll stay behind and take one for the team. But I'm the one that's planned all this. I mean, I know all the itineraries. So she's like, you go ahead. I'll keep Blake, the youngest, with, with me. Well, actually, my other son, we, we, we were going to bring Blake with me. And we switched. And she's like, no, no, send Blake out. He'll, he'll do better with me. So we're, we're stressing out, thinking. And she's like, not a big deal. We'll just come on the 9 o'clock flight. And I'm like, yeah, if they have room on a 9 o'clock flight. And so I'm sitting here thinking, ah. Oh, we're going to have five of us in Belize. We've already lost one day. So we get everybody on the plane. We're supposed to leave at eight. It's like 8.05. They're asking for volunteers still. And this one guy up in first class, I don't know who he was. He's like, you know, I'll take the nine o'clock. Not a big deal. So he gets off. So we're, we're short one seat. So they send Blake on and move people around. We're one seat. And I go back to the, well, when I walked on the plane originally, I kind of had gone too far past my seat. And this one lady had told the stewardess, she's like, Hey, if you need somebody, you know, and it comes to, you know, keeping a family or together or something like, I'll give up my seat. I'm like, I know she's back there. I asked the, the, the attendant, I'm like, would you mind just announcing one more time and see if, and she did. And this lady in the back gave up her seat. I'm, I'm like almost in tears. I'm like, oh my gosh, you just gave up your seat. So my family could all be on this amazing trip together. So Sally said she didn't like stop being nervous about it. So she got off. We we're all seven of us on. Wow. I mean, it was pretty miraculous way to go. Kudos to the American Airlines gate agent who really, I mean, she, we left 15 minutes late and it was because of the wild family. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were the ones that held up the plane that day, just while somebody, you know, was willing to, you know, take a, um, one of the guys I know, um, he originally had taken the lighter plate. I saw him running through the Dallas airport, running to to catch his his connecting flight, and he'd take the nine o'clock. But we all got to Dallas once we were on. I don't think Sally or I even like were able to breathe with relief until we were on that connecting flight down to Belize. Once we were there, but man, traveling with seven people, and, and I think that's it's just good to understand you're going to travel with you know a large group, a lot of kids. Like things can happen. And you just need to be flexible with yeah. it, right? I mean, things are out of your control a lot yeah, of times. You, there's nothing, you know, that first day it was, uh, it was rough, but you know, and I'll, I'll go through our itinerary, but we were able to kind of still get to most everything we wanted, even though, even though you we missed lost the originally, day. but we got down there. That's, we got all down there at the same time. Yeah. You want to hear about the itinerary? <laughs> it's a crazy itinerary. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of give us just the overview of what, cause the only thing I really knew talking to you ahead of time was that you were going to, you know, part beach, part jungle. That's kind of all I knew. And then I saw your post and I was like, Whoa, you guys did all kinds of things. So yeah, kind of briefly just give us the itinerary and then you can kind of dive in and tell about some of these experiences. Yeah. So if you're going to go to Belize there, there's the beach aspect of, of Belize and then there's the jungle and the Mayan ruins and everything that's inland. I wanted my kids and for me too, I, I wanted to experience both. I mean, so you're, you're in the Caribbean, 
crystal blue waters, snorkeling, diving. I, I wanted that, you know, I wanted to go snorkeling in the coral reefs. I wanted to wake up on the beach, you know, uh, Sally's a big beach person. So, you know, I, I had to promise her would, would find some time for, for the beach. And so we flew into Belize City. And I don't know, once again, do your research. <laughs> for some reason in my head, and, and I've looked all this up, I thought Belize City was larger than what? I, I, just, it's a capital of a country. I just expect Belize itself is only, I believe, 700,000 people total population. So I want to say Belize City is right around 250, 300,000. So not very big, you know, no large metropolitan area. I can tell you that right now. You know, the downtown area, when we drove through it, it was like, oh, this is downtown? I'm like, I'm not in some mid-market, like, <laughs> I wouldn't even call that. I mean, some county seat in a large state or something. But So we fly into Belize City, and uh, the first half was going to be out on the beach. I'd found this Airbnb. If you want to know who, where it was and what it was, and it, it was just an amazing spot. So there's two um, islands that are, that are mainly the tourist spots. One's Cape Faulkner and one's San Pedro. Both you can access either by a little plane, and there, there's planes that run out there just about every every 30 minutes or something. So you can you can catch a plane very easily to to either island, and they'll fly into both, or you can do the route that we took, which was the the cheaper, of course, uh, and the more scenic and adventurous, which is a, a water taxi. There's two water taxis that make that that drive from from the dock there in Belize City and and hit both spots on your on your way out there so it was 150 bucks i believe to to fly out there and then it was it was 53 bucks i think i believe yeah 53 dollars is what i I think for everybody for the and it's an hour and a half boat ride so it's it's pretty good that you're you're on the boat it was enjoyable though the weather was perfect you can either you know sit up top or down below and the weather was great um so you have all your luggage with you in the whole bit yeah, yeah, you're packing your luggage. So the crazy thing about our flight itinerary the second day, uh, our, if we would have been on an original flight, we would have been perfect timing. We would have gotten to Belize City around um, 2 o'clock. With leaving two hours later, we didn't get until 4. The problem is the last water taxi leaves the dock in Belize City at 5.30. So that meant once we got to Belize, we had to go through immigration and customs. And I thought, oh, we're going to be just fine. It was a little bit slower. And I'm sitting there in immigration and customs. And I'm just like, can we, and not that there was lines. It just kind of was a slow process, you know, making sure they, they have their third world country paperwork done. I have no idea what the, they have. You fill out these paper forms. I have no idea that what they really do with them because it's like, come on, I don't know. But, <laughs> and I'd, I'd arranged for a shuttle service to pick us up at the airport and drive us to the dock. Yeah. So that guy was fabulous. Once again, I was expecting a little bit larger airport. It wasn't. He's standing right there, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, let's let's go." So that was fabulous. Drove through. We got there in plenty of time. Uh, we we're actually well, plenty of time. We had thirty minutes to spare. So once again, if I miss that water taxi, my next option is to go back to the airport, catch a hundred and fifty dollar flight. Yeah, I didn't want to do. It. I I didn't really want to worry about that. I'm like, we just need to make this last water taxi. We get over there. We're a little bit later in the evening. By the way, the cool thing about Belize, you're so close to the equator. Just plan on sunrise and sunset, no matter what time of the year, sunrise between 5 and 6 a.m. and sunset between 6 and 7 p.m. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So, right. So we uh, were on there 530. So we land 
so we, we go on a little boat ride. We hit Cake Hawkner. We drop off people, pick up people, and we go on to San Pedro Island. So that's where we stayed. The cool thing about both is the mode of transportation on these islands is golf cart. Nice. So I'd, I'd already rented. Um, once again, unfortunately, we had seven people. They do have six seaters. So I had to rent two golf carts. <laughs> the, the golf cart rental Avis, which has nothing to do with Avis car. Oh, okay. Rentals, it's not- <laughs> but they totally just make it off. You know, they're down there running their own Avis golf cart rental company to make you think that it's some car rental. It's not. I, I I'm at the dock and I'm calling lady. I'm like, Hey, we're still coming. I just want to make sure my golf carts are ready. That's great. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, when you get off, uh, just, just look around for a big guy named Joseph. I'm like, what? So I literally get off. And of course there's people at the docks wanting to either rent from them, but I'd, I'd already arranged it. Cause I'd, I'd wheeled and dealed a little bit. I'm like, I need a two for one price here. I need a four seater and a six seater. Um, Where's Joseph? Anyway, after, yeah, I'm, he's like a big guy. And by the way, most people in Belize aren't very big. If you learn about Mayan people, they're actually pretty small. So not a lot of really large people. Anyway, and downtown San Pedro 1, once again, it's not big, but it's kind of a little bit hustling. There's some things happening. There had been like a big, like, I don't know what you'd call it. I'm not into that scene. Some sort of More festival like or something. Club, oh, okay. Disco festival, music, music festival, probably where they had this famous DJ from Belize that was out there that, that weekend or that weekend you know, having a big show to, that apparently we missed. But anyway, so I'm all asking Joseph. Just, you know. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, I, I called the lady back and anyway, we figured out they, they were super nice, really super helpful. So if you can plan ahead, so you know who you're talking to. I, so I had a point of contact, so I, did, I wasn't really worried, but uh, it did take us a few minutes to, to figure out where they were at. And the nice thing, everybody in Belize, Jake, the best part was the people. Everybody was so accommodating. Now, granted, that's probably their job. Tourism is a huge deal for them. The, the one the one guy that was helping us, it wasn't Joseph, is was actually a really short guy that looks like um, the one guy that's in prison from The Simpsons with a really weird hair. He really looked like, I don't remember. You know who I'm talking I know, about? The guy yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just don't know his name, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he looked like him. He was so nice. So here's the problem with our Airbnb. Well, it, well, first of all, there was no problem. It was an amazing, it had these four independent bungalows right there on the beach amazing view the kids hadn't i'd shown them pictures but they didn't really realize it until emma woke up the next morning like and she's like oh that's the ocean right there <laughs> like and it was just amazing views amazing accommodations it was like three twenty a night so sally and i had our own little cabana tyler had one the girls shared one and my younger boys shared one so we had these four private cabanas that everybody got their own space and spread out for the price of what would pay in the States for like two, you know, Marriott hotels on, on a good deal. Yeah. Right? So amazing stuff. So, but the problem was it was a 45 minute golf cart ride North. Wow. So it's out of town. So I I'd say if you're going to Belize and you do go to San Pedro, if you want to experience like the downtown San Pedro nightlife, whatever, you know, little bit of it is, Stay closer to in town. If you're looking to get away, which was perfect for us and have some privacy, this was a fabulous spot. And don't be afraid to like go a little bit north or out of the main main area. So, but the problem was it was dark. Thank you. I was there. putting that together in my head. Yeah. I'm like, by the time you got there, it had to have been dark. You're going 45 minutes in the dark. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking well, we're going to roll in there like at 
by this time, 8.30, by the time I found Joe that I've signed the paperwork, signed that I give one of my kids away if I broke the golf cart. Yeah, so it's late. But he, this guy, he's like, hey, you know what? I know where it's right where it's at. I'll drive you out there. I'm like, what? Really? In which I was kind of relieved, to be honest. I'm in a third world country. I have no idea where I'm at. I'm, I'm hauling all my family. They expect me to know everything at this point. But anyway, super nice. He's like, you got a lot of luggage. We'll throw it in my, his, his little, his, his like truck golf cart with a little like Sweet. utility bed. <laughs> so, I mean, they were just fabulous. Um, they drove us out there. The Airbnb lady that owns the place, actually, she lives in Salt Lake City. And yeah, by the way, it's for sale, $900,000. I'll give you the link if you want for this property <laughs> down there. But she had, she, she does have a housekeeper house, I don't know, a lady that lives on premise. And she, so it's technically a bed and breakfast, So which was great for us. So she would make us breakfast every day. But this night, since we missed our, our night before, the lady that owns the place is like, hey, she felt bad for us. She's like, let me, let me just have um, Carla make dinner for you oh, nice. uh, that first night. So we roll up into our golf carts. It's dark. He can hear the water. The stars are amazing. And we walk into this, like, just all ready to go, Belizean traditional dinner, chicken and beans and rice and plantains and juice. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was a great, I mean, we're all exhausted yeah. at that point. And um, that'd it be a nice relief to, to have it. some food. And yeah, that's awesome. So that was. That's that's getting there. I feel yeah. like we've taken up the whole podcast and just getting there, oh, but it was it was an ordeal. That's part of the fun. Part of the fun is the traveling, and then so we were short a day. We were supposed to do fishing and snorkeling on Saturday. Have a day to um, just hang out, and check out the beaches on Sunday, and then Monday we were, we were moving off the island and going inland. So what we ended up having to do was we moved our fishing and snorkeling to Monday pushed our shuttle back because I, I didn't want to take the last shuttle off the island, right? We ended up doing that so we could get our fishing and our snorkeling in. And then Sunday, we went into downtown, wandered around for a bit, did some stuff there. And then we went out to a place called Secret Beach. If you look up San Pedro, you'll see a lot of information about Secret Beach. If you're a couple, great. And it was fine for the kids. Um, they were selling special brownies there um, <laughs> with, with not a lot of like tack to it. But, there you go. You know, walking up and down, special brownies for sale. Uh, the water, so it actually sits, instead of on the ocean side, it sits kind of what I would call kind of an intercoastal waterway. It's flat. It's warm. You can walk out there. It's just a great place to relax, have some food. and um, But it is on the west side of the island, which there's not currently a lot developed. But as it kind of grows and people learn about it, it's probably the place it will will grow. That's, that's what everybody was telling us, at least. That's where a lot of the growth is. But um, we woke up. Sunday, Sunday morning, sitting there on the, you know, I actually, once again, sunrise is like five. I woke up at like five. I'm watching the sunrise over the Caribbean in a hammock. I mean, it was, it was, it was early, but I wasn't going to miss that. And it was, it was just perfect. Perfect. So anyway, that's yeah. I, I love San Pedro. If I had to do it over again and I had another day, there's a place called shark alley where they have a, a, a nature reserve. And I would have loved to have spent another day out on a boat exploring there and swim with nurse sharks and, and do a lot of cool stuff there. So 
if that, if one more day, and, you know, I was just grateful for what, what time we did. Because once again, we, we kind of lost a day, but that's something I would definitely put on the bucket list. Also, if you're things I've learned, if you're looking at going out there to the beach, you do want a little bit more of a calmer atmosphere and, and vibe and not that San Pedro was, you know, <laughs> like a party town, but if you really want a calm, you know, easy Island vibe, uh, Cake Hawkner. So the f- first island, it's much smaller, but everything from what I've read and heard, just more relaxed and more just not, yeah. San Pedro is busier. There's more people there. Well, dang, that sounds like you had a lot of fun. Yeah. Snorkeling was a blast. I, the fishing trip that we we booked, you know, to put it in perspective, once again, I wanted to give my kids an experience of seeing other people, where they live, what they're from, what they deal with. Um, our our fishing guide was amazing. Picked us up right there on the dock by where we were staying. We had to walk like three minutes. He picks us up, takes us out to the reef. The guy grew up in Belize from the southern part of the country. At the age of 12, 12, he left. He just like, I got to go find a job. And, and a lot of, he's like, a lot of kids just got to go to work. They got to go figure it out. And so he moved up north and, and now he's running a, his, I'm not sure if it's his or he's part, I think he, he's part owner of a, a fishing company. He did a fabulous job. He took us out snorkeling. Uh, well, first we spent, we spent the morning fishing and then they drove, they drove us to a dock with this private secluded beach where they'd arranged to, to cook the fish on this grill. So you cooked the fish that you caught? Yeah. Cooked the fish that we caught. Uh, one of the other guys that was with us, he had a spear because we weren't the best fishermen apparently, but he, he went down with a spear gun and he caught a bunch of extra fish too. And so they took us to the beach. We got, they made uh, fresh ceviche, which is raw fish and basically a salsa. And it, it was fabulous marinated in lime juice while they cooked the fish. And then we had lunch and then they took us out snorkeling on the reef. And I'm like, Oh, this is where all the fish were. Like you go and swim with them all now. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. Like I've snorkeled before, but and that's what I was looking. That was my day. I'm like, I want to do this. Yeah. And so for me, it was a highlight. Unfortunately, uh, the day we were supposed to end around six o'clock. Normally, once again, we were making up time and had to catch yeah. the water taxi. So we ended up about three. Uh, had all our stuff ready. Took our golf carts back. Got our water taxi back to the city where the shuttle service so back to Belize city. That's kind of weird. back to Belize city where the same shuttle guy had coordinated nice. with him. Actually, sorry, different shuttle. Okay. There is a shuttle service that goes right from the airport, the dock. And then we went from Belize city to San Ignacio. San Ignacio. Now it's six thirty PM. And um, so that means of course it's dark. Yeah. Right. So the, the shuttle guy, he was kind of cute. Like he's all, when I told him we we're going to have to pick him up later, I could tell like he didn't really want to pick us up later. <laughs> like, Cause he's like, you're going to miss seeing a bunch of stuff on the way, like on the way back to Blue city to the airport. I'm like, yeah, we didn't. I mean, it was gorgeous, but yeah. we didn't, it's not like there was anything major that we missed. I think he just wanted to get into town a little earlier. Anyway, we roll in once again. One of the cool things is um, the, uh, this one was, we actually got through VRBO. It was a house in the jungle, had its own private pool, sat on top of this hill so we get there in the dark. I don't see anything. I wake up the next morning, sunrise is at 5.30, and there's roosters. There are roosters help wake me up. I, I wake up to this amazing view looking across the jungle, palm trees, and just everything. And I'm like, 
where are we? Are we in paradise? I mean, it was just, so, you know, that debate, do we go to Hawaii with everybody else? Right. Or do we go to Belize and San Ignacio and wake up to that? I'll take that every day. You of the did, week, right. So. You, you made the right choice, I believe on that. <laughs> it, it was, a, it was fabulous. Like, hopefully you can tell how excited I am. Oh, like, I'm ready to, for I'm ready sure. to go back, but. But waking up that next morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. So that's, that, that was a great way to start our jungle. I'll, I'll put a plug in for our tour company there, uh, St. Leonardo Tours in Belize City. Her name's Carla as well. She did a fabulous job working with our schedule, coordinating, answering questions. Um, so St. Leonardo Tours, there's several tour companies. My buddy that I'd kind of done some research he uh, used a company called Paxi Tours. The great thing is we didn't have to rent a car. I couldn't understand. I was trying. It was like, oh, I should rent a car so we can get around. There's no car rental companies. Well, there there are. I saw one. And But what you don't realize being this like gringo from America is that uh, you're not an American anymore. There's no like Hertz, like Gold Star Service. <laughs> like every everybody there drives an old beater um, shipped down from the States cars. Like, if you drive a 2010 model, that, that thing's like That's sweet. New. Everybody drives. Yeah. Everybody drives older vehicles. So our tour company picked us up, took us on all our tours. Absolutely fabulous. Carla and her whole team. It's just amazing. So what are some of the things you did in the jungle side of things? We, so we had, we had like five days there. I guess one of them would have been a travel day, but I had two days planned out. Once again, I'm kind of budget conscious a little bit here. So I had, um, first of all, we, we did a cave tubing and a ruin site. That was, it was amazing. First thing we did was uh, went to a bunch of Mayan ruins. Now, I was really nervous that my kids wouldn't like the ruins. I wanted to see ruins, learn all the things Mayan. I was really nervous, like, oh, they're going to think this is boring. But this first one, it, it's, the, um, it's the largest land-wise excavated uh, ruin in Belize. It's a pretty, it was about an hour and a half drive, about an hour of it's on a dirt road. So you, you, it takes a while to get there. But walking up to it, my kids were like, wow. And then to, to have the experience to be able to climb up on top. At that, well, actually on one of them, you're so high up, that you're, our, our cell phones, and we're so close to the Guatemalan border that our cell phones were like, hey, welcome to Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> and we're... <laughs> and I'm like, where's Guatemala? He's like, oh, it's that hill right over there. That's that's wow. how close we are. So there actually is a bigger ruin site in Guatemala. Once again, if I had another day, I probably would have um, gone over to Guatemala. It is $35 per person to come back across the border. So, you know, as a family, I debated that. And I'm like, you know what? I think we can do another ruin in Belize. And, you know, unfortunately, not have, you know, get another stamp on our passport. But <laughs> The ruins were absolutely amazing. Um, both our guides, um, Elio from St. Um, Leonardo Taurus, so informative, taught us everything. My kids were, once again, I'm worried that my kids are going to be like, Dad, we don't care about this. But I don't want credit to my kids, but they they loved it. They listened to it. They were fascinated by it. And when you learn about the mind culture and all that they did, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So uh, we went and saw the ruins on our way back. Um, there, there was a spot that we didn't get to go to that day. It's called the, the Pools on the Rio. Uh, it's basically a, a tiered kind of waterfall area. Absolutely gorgeous. I've seen pictures of it, but it was closed. There, there was an incident where a, a young girl, and they think she slipped on a rock and hit her head and died like oh, two wow. days previous. So they, they had it all kind of closed down while they were 
figuring out what happened. So we didn't get to do that one, but our, our guide did take us to another waterfall where we got to short little hike down into this ravine and we got to cliff jump into, and it was pouring down rain. The water was, was muddy from all the, the runoff, but apparently usually it's crystal clear. My kids didn't care. They, they were having a blast just, you know, off this. It's funny. I look over the video and I'm like, man, when I was there, it seemed a lot higher than watching the video. <laughs> it's probably like 10, 15 feet, but up on, on the cliff and the pouring down rain, it was like, ah, I'm going to die. But it really didn't. So uh, we did. We did some ruins. We did some cliff jumping. We saw some waterfalls. Also on that day, he took us down into this just huge limestone limestone cave that had just opened up. It was just absolutely gorgeous. You know, stuff that we just, you know, um, there, there's some cave systems like in Kentucky here, but um, you're just not going to see stuff like what we saw there. Yeah. Then the uh, the next day, they took us to a, another ruin site, which was fascinating. This one crazy that has this the spot where the, the the mayans track where the sun would rotate and they'd like have a map on the wall and they knew what month and day it was because of where the sun was and, and how everything was placed with the with it the, with their calendar system i mean just it was crazy to learn all that stuff and then we did a pretty cool thing we went cave tubing wow so this was on the kit so we'd kind of shown them a few things which this was a, just a blast. This so it's a l- little bit of a hike into the cave. Uh, you're carrying your tube. You get a helmet with a flashlight on, and, and then our our guide Elio hooked this all together. So we're all rafting into this cave system, and, and it's just it it opens up. I mean th- that one wasn't really that tight, really. I mean there was there's a couple of parts we kind of had to duck a little bit. It, well, not really, but um, then it opens up into these different caverns. There's waterfalls flowing through it. We climb up on the waterfalls. We're, we're cliff jumping in a cave into these crystal clear pools. Um, our guide did a fabulous job once again. It, at one point, and you can see where some of like the big cruise line ships have brought tours in and are, are doing the same thing. Um, but he took us back behind the, this one area where you can tell like not everybody goes back here and pointed out and some of the the pottery that the mines left and where they make their sacrifices in the cave and explained all that. And you can see all these, you know, remnants of these people and, and what they, what they'd left behind. And I mean, it was just, it was a fabulous day. A cave tubing definitely do that. Make that a part of your, your list, whether you're, you're going with your kids or not. It was just, it was so much fun. It, you know, once in a lifetime experience. So. Wow. Man, that's got. I mean, that's exciting. Okay, that's, you want to hear? You want to hear about my third day? I want to hear about the third day. Yes, but I just want to go back to that cave oh, tubing yeah, for a minute. Yeah. So yeah, so it's completely. I mean, it's just your lights from your helmets. That's what's lighting the place up. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he tells you at one point, "Hey, let's turn off our lights," and it's okay. It's pitch black. Blake, Blake didn't love that. Um, <laughs> and in our guide, once again, he he was really good. He's like, you know what? We, we we're waiting before we went in, and he's like, just play in the water for a bit. We're going to wait until some of these bigger groups go through, which looking back, like you can tell he's a good guy because he wanted us to have kind of the area to ourselves. And so he, he it was just fabulous. We're kind of the only ones in there. There was a spot where there was kind of a sinkhole that had fallen in and light coming through into the cave was just hitting everywhere. And it was just, it was just gorgeous hitting the, once again, the, the water is just crystal clear. There's little, fish swimming in it dang <laughs> that was it was just a cool experience that's awesome that's great 
bat, bats flying up above. So wow. Like the, bats. the whole cave experience, but just yeah. tubing. Man. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Man, it you was, had, you've had, I mean, so far, this trip has been epic. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's day like, three. Like my kids are, <laughs> yeah, so day three, so most of the tours were costing me about a hundred bucks a person with guys. So I'm spending like 800 bucks a day. And so once again, I'm times seven. So things start to add up. Right. And I debated whether to do this last section, but everybody I talked to, everything I read said, you have to do the ATM caves. Now they call the ATM caves, not because that's where you get cash, but there it's just a, it's a Maya name that nobody can pronounce. So it, it does have a name. But if you look up ATM caves, like everything, I'm, I'm looking for bargain pricing, wheeling and dealing. And I'm like, Carla, you got to help me out with the ATM case. She's like, the, the lowest I can go is 125 Well, come to find out the reason why, and, and that was the lowest I've seen it anywhere. So I'm like, okay, Carla, let's let's book this. Let's let's do it. Everybody tells me I have to. I'm not leaving Belize without doing it. Come to find out, this is a cave that was discovered in the early 80s, this cave system. It really wasn't explored and really kind of delved into until like the early nineties, I believe. So it hasn't, it's relatively new as far as discovery Um, has a lot of archeological significance as far as Mayans and understanding their sacrifices and kind of what happened to them. Just an amazing experience is the Mayans were very much aware of this cave system. And in fact, one of the, one of the guys that found it had heard like these legends and these stories about it and went out looking for it and, and came across this. I mean, it, it almost seems like Indiana Jones type stuff, but that's, that's kind of how the ATM. In fact, Indiana Jones is kind of probably, if you want to give it a like kind of a visual, that's what I would compare it to. There's only, there were originally in the early 2000s, I want to say like 2005, they held this class with, with local guides and anybody that wanted to get certified, they had to take this class to be certified to take people into this cave. Now, this one is it wasn't like the cave tubing. Cave tubing is like way chill. Like that was just fun. This one's like literally you start off by swimming across this pool and then you're climbing over boulders. You're, you're in the water most of the time, in and out, you know, up to your neck deep, up to your, you know, there's spots that you probably could dive in. There's spots that are up to your ankles deep. There's spot. There was one spot where you kind of had to turn your head and twist it and go through in the water up to about your neck. And like, am I going to die? Yeah. You no, know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking. No, I remember that that group. Was it in Taiwan? Is I got stuck in the cave. Soccer? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's going to be us. We're all going to die. I did not tell my kids I had that fear until after, but the thought did cross my mind a couple of times. Like, we're all going to die. Anyway, so there's actually only so there was originally like I think 35. There's 10 that have retired and moved away or died or whatever. So there's only 25 guides in the country that actually are allowed to take people into this cave. And so they kind of have a set price of what they charge people. We were, we actually, had, Carla had worked it out that we did horseback riding. She has a farm there with horses and she'll do like horseback riding over to some of the Mayan ruins. And you can, it's just horseback riding through the jungle. I mean, she threw it in as an extra for like, 20 bucks a person. I'm like, I'm not going to pass that up. Like it's the city people. They, they don't ride horses. So we did that in the morning. Um, learned a lot from Carla about um, some of the other ruins that are closer to, to San Ignacio. And then um, we're, we're on top of uh, one of these large ruins. And she's like, Oh, here, this is our guide for this afternoon. He was wondering where we were and like when we were going to be there. 
he t- told us later he was actually happy we were coming a little bit later in the day because he either likes to be the first one in or the last one in. We were the last one in that day. The reason being is because, once again, there's 25 guides going in and out all day. He likes to have – his name's Patrick, by the way. You can If you Google Patrick ATM Caves, you'll see a little short video clip on National Geographic. Wow, okay. He's on the phone. So he he takes us into this cave system. We're the last one of the day. He's all saying hi to his buddy guides that are walking out, you know, <laughs> as we're walking in. And uh, oh my gosh, what an amazing experience! So we're we're once again Indiana Jonesing it through this cave system. The most crazy thing, Jake, we're halfway in this cave system. My daughter goes, "Wyatt, <laughs> what? It, there's this kid that she works with and she lifeguards with." That just happened to be in the cave, in the in the in the belly of this cave. Wow! <laughs> from Utah, from our small community that works with my daughter, walking through the cave. So what a small world! I have no idea what the odds are, but <laughs> apparently, him and his dad were on some excursion with two other friends, and they were hitting all the sides beliefs. Wow! Anyway, what are the odds in that? So anyway, we walk in. Now, the interesting thing about the ATM caves, they won't let you take any cameras or photography equipment in there. So if you Google it, uh, you'll see some limited pictures. What it's known for is, uh, like I said, these Mayan ruins that are inside. They're pretty well preserved. It's funny. They have these, like, I wouldn't say it's tape, but like string that you have to walk in. You have to take off your shoes, actually, when you get to a certain point and just be in socks because they don't want anything to disturb anything. But, man, what an experience. Like, like the best money I spent. Like, here I was debating, do I spend the money? just spend the money because like you're there. Uh, so I kind of look back, I'm like, what was they even thinking? The highlight is, um, so, so the Mayans would go into this cave system because the water flowed out of this cave, right? So that's the water we're walking through the whole time. Well, they were in a drought. And so they'd go into this cave system and offer up sacrifice. So they started with food and you see the different pots in it. Patrick did a great job of teaching us all about this. So first offering they tried was, was, cocoa beans and food. That's what they would offer the gods, hoping for more water. Well, guess what? That didn't really work. So the next stage that they have the archaeological evidence for is they would do bloodletting. And so you're like, hey, well, we'll spill some blood here and see if that, you know, gets us out of this drought. Didn't work either. So then what do they do? Well, we're going to offer up human sacrifices. See, by the way, you, you go into this cave system, it opens up into where all these sacrifices are done into this just cavernous, huge, I don't even know how to describe it, room, if you will. Like you could fit a small house in there. That's how large this is. Stalactites, stalagmites, you have columns, you know, that have connected through just the rock formations, the, the calcified crystal. I mean, it, it was everything you see in caves, but like times a million and then you you had to kind of shimmy up into this upper chamber room. And this is where they have her, her name is the Crystal Maiden. And her bones are still there intact, how she laid when she was sacrificed. And because the waters flowed over them and calcified, there's pools where you can see the water flowed into and the human remains are just, you can see piles of bones. Wow. That they have inside this cave where uh, these human remains from the sacrifices were done. Um, Holy cow. Yeah, and, and so all that's intact. Patrick was great. He was like, you know, if you were in America, you don't ever get to come in here. You don't ever touch it. It'd all be behind glass and in a museum. Yeah. Like, but you're 
You're in Belize. You're, you're actually get to you're in Belize. We can do whatever we want down here. <laughs> so, but I mean, they, they, that's why they do have the the guides there to make sure everything yeah. is kind of protected and certain people that can go in. But just the the the, the just the remains that are in there of the, of the different you know vessels they'd use, and there, there's just pottery everywhere. Um, there's also um, the skeletal remains of a of a child in this kind of weird. It, Oh my goodness, like those mines, man, they were brilliant. They had chiseled into the stalactite formations that if you put a light on it, what it does is it reflects and looks like three people walking towards this. How do I put it nicely? Kind of like an altarish where this, mm-hmm. I don't know, child was maybe sacrificed or something. But it, you literally shine your lights, they'd bring their torches in there and they would cast this, this picture of these people basically offering the sacrifice up onto the wall, just an amazing experience. So if you get to Belize, you're, you're in San Ignacio, you have to do the ATM caves. It's worth it. It's, there's a reason why everybody says you got to do it and you do. And if you can get Patrick as your guide, dude's a stud. He's, he was actually telling me we're walking out and he was telling me that he, he's actually, he's helped with uh, episodes of Naked and Afraid, nice. so one of my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows, <laughs> you know. Um, so when they do like the Belizean Jungle, Naked and Afraid, that's who they call Patrick. Patrick he's helping them out. He's like the, he's like the expert, like yeah. if things go wrong and to get them out and to help the TV crew and stuff. That's so. awesome, man! What great experiences, yeah. man! You've just been yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I, you know, if it, it really should be a bucket list adventure place, you know. You know, we debated, you know, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we're not Disneyland people is what we decided. <laughs> we, you know, standing in line and I would much rather crawl through a river and jump off waterfalls type of person. I, I think that's just, but teach their own and yeah. Blake still wants to go to Disneyland. So we'll probably do it. But uh, um, it was a, an amazing experience to take my family down there see the sights the food was amazing the best part the, the guides all, they made us lunch every day the airbnb like i said that lady that she would cook for us at night so i mean it was like a hundred bucks but for a family of seven i'm gonna spend a hundred bucks going to the all garden so yeah. to come back from a long day of adventures and have it come suela what's her name and she would just cook oh she made homemade tortillas one night oh my gosh i could have just eaten the tortillas let alone um the grilled chicken and rice and beans and just fresh fruit, fresh juices. We went the, our last day, we went into town, went to the farmer's market. We, we made fresh lime juice. We ate a couple of local restaurants. It was just an amazing experience. Ooh, wow. Did you have any chance to kind of take a step back and just kind of look at each of your kids and just look at their faces and kind of see what they're going through? Did you have any moments like that? Just the moments where, like, it'd be so much easier if I didn't have all of you. <laughs> no, I, no. Honestly, it was it was an amazing trip. I mean, there was there was one moment. So my oldest and my youngest have always struggled getting along. Don't ask me why. There's there's a significant age difference, sixteen years between them. But for some reason, they just don't get along. And there was a little blow up. You know, it's like any siblings and kids. You spend nine, ten days together. You you might get sick of each other. We had that. And then honestly, Jake, it was awesome. Everybody got along, you know, actually Patrick, you know, it it was cool to see my kids kind of work together. Um, One of the things they found out with Blake, my eight year old was 
if he's not around mom, he whines a little bit less. So Abby's just like, mom, I got Blake. We got him. We'll keep him in the back. You, you lead out. And it was just cool to kind of see my family's teamwork, I guess you could say. Because Blake, you know, when Patrick's like, hey, we're in the ATM cave and it's really dark and you know you're really in. You've just crawled through things and bouldered and, you know, everything. Waded in water, swam in water. And Patrick's telling you to turn out the light and it's dark. Yeah, he got he got scared pretty quick. Like, no. But it was cool to see my kids kind of rally around each other, support each other. And the, and the funny thing is we got back to the house one of the nights a little bit early. I mean, before sunset. Like, hey, let's take some family pictures. I'm like, what? Like, they wanted, they wanted to remember those moments, right? They wanted pictures as a family. They wanted pictures as just the kids and kind of. So I think they caught our vision of let's freeze this moment of us being here. So that was pretty rewarding, kind of, because that was towards the end of the trip. So they, in fact, I think it was our the night before the last night we were there. They're like. Let's let's take some family pictures. So I think they got the whole reason why we're there. They're seeing them kind of work together, help each other, just interact with each other. We get back home and we're going seven different directions. And I'm helping Porter with baseball, but I'm not spending so much time with maybe Abby or Emma and they're older doing their own thing. And and so yeah, just to have the time together. Yeah. And that's who they got, right? I mean, our, our phones worked fine and they could have been texting their friends, but they weren't. Yeah, they were just you know it was kind of rewarding that they were they were all in on the family time. That's awesome. What about your your wife? How did she? What was kind of the relationship with her, and how did she like the whole thing? Oh, you know it's fabulous. Like I, I think we both just like um, we just kept looking at each other. Like, are we really here? Are we really doing this? Are we? You know, you, I feel like I put a little bit more uh, time in in some of the planning because she was busy with work, but. We just kept looking at each other like, can you believe this? Can you believe we, what we're doing? And it was, it was just unreal. So, you know, and the nice thing, you know, doing like the Airbnb or VRBO, getting a whole house, we have our space. They have, you know, we could come back and give everybody their space, right? So we, we just spent, you know, 13, 14 hours with each other doing crazy, exhausting things and, and having a good time. But we could come back to the house and crash and have our own space and you know everybody wants their their phone time to sit there and decompress the day and we and we had that it was it was nice with both of our accommodations that kind of gave us that freedom and and i'll tell you if you you know i I can give you the link for the place we stayed in san ignacio having a pool that we're probably one of the few places that had a pool in the whole city um it's not you know a wealthy area and just you know my kids are all swimmers and for them you know, after a hot, humid day, they've been sweating all day from hiking and doing stuff and just jumping in the pool. It was it was awesome. And then Consuela cooking us dinner. I mean, we, we all just get a chill for an hour, dinner served. It was just, it was perfect. One of the things you said in your in your post was you have to just do it. You just have to book the trip. Someone gave you advice that you got to just book the trip. And yeah. I think you had a little, I think you had a little small things like that within the trip, like at the ATM caves, do I do yeah. it? Do I not? Just do it. Just do book I, do, it. I, I literally booked the ATM cave like the week before. Because I, I was like, ah, it's another. Yeah. It's going to be another $1,000, like, right? I mean, money doesn't grow on trees. I got to work before that stuff. So, yeah, it just it, it, someday, you know, it's funny. We, we all save for retirement, which we should. We all, you know, try to, you know, stash a little here and there. But at some point, you got to experience life a little bit. 
and booked a trip, right? I mean, that, that was it. We, if we didn't do it now, when would we do it? And just like our kids have given us grief about, you know, sure, we're going to go, you know, because they've experienced that with us before where we've talked, big talk. And, and you know, I, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of meeting expectations as a parent, but, you know, they always see it the other way around. But just that, that we did, that we did it, we pulled the trigger, we went. And honestly, I'll never forget it. I highly doubt they ever forget it. And, you know, hopefully it's something maybe, you know, 20 years from now that you're like, oh, I want to take my kids there. You know, I want my kids to have a similar experience. It doesn't have to be Belize. It could really be anywhere. But really, it's that it's that time together that, you know, that was our number one goal. Let's spend time together and let's do something and create the memories because, you know, you don't, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So let's go do that today. Take advantage of it while you can. And I believe they're always going to remember that. Even Blake, the youngest, he's going to have memories of that. Oh, yeah. So That was a nice thing. You know, Blake's eight. He's going to remember that. Yeah. You know, he might not remember all the particulars of, you know, about missing the flight. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's going to he's going to remember that I, I went into the middle of a cave and saw, and saw human remains. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to forget I, that. I caught a fish in the ocean, right? Or I snorkeled on a coral reef. You know, that he, he will remember those things. That's pretty cool. So some of my favorite moments when I'm traveling – are just those moments where I can step outside like early in the morning and just kind of see the sunrise or just smell the air. I mean, I was just in Yellowstone a few weeks ago and I kind of did that in the morning before, you know, it was cool, yeah. brisk mornings and just taking it all in. You mentioned that moment in the hammock watching the sun. Yeah, come up. I, I, I mean, so when we were in San Ignacio, um, it's between the dogs barking and the, and the roosters crowing, you're, you're probably not sleeping in too well unless you have earplugs, but um, I wouldn't have missed like one morning, Sally actually woke up earlier than me. I don't know if I'm snoring or something, but she was out there and I, I came out right at the center. So we're both awake, like this is like five 30 in the morning, by the way, they're on mountain time. So same time zone, which was kind of, cool. so we both sitting there, you know, on the lounge chair by the pool, watching the sunrise over the jungle. And like, isn't this unreal? Like just we, where we are and the beauty of, of the world and, so different, so different than, and you have to step outside your box every, every now and then and realize, you know, other people live in different parts of the world, experience things differently than we do, have different life experiences, do different things for work and survival and, and family life. And um, we got to see all that. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when you get in a situation like that, where you kind of look around, you see these people, you see the tour guides and the different folks from, from Belize and you're like, they're just down here doing what they got to do to survive yeah, and live. It's their, it's their job. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. You don't, we don't ever think about it when we're stuck here in our little American yeah. homes and doing our American things. <laughs> and it's, it's nice to be able to, to do that and, and see that. Yeah. It was an unreal experience. Yeah. You mentioned something too. I know you, um, you did talk about the people and how much the people, the kindness that they showed the people there. I think you also were able to go to church while you were there. What was that like? Yeah, you know, that was that was a pretty, you know, we did make the effort to go to church. It was, you know, I kind of like Sally, nah, we don't we don't need to. We're on vacation. She's like, no, I think we need to just to experience what that's like. And it, it was an amazing experience. Like the commonality of, you know, go and worship and 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 somebody with similar beliefs, right? And and being able to have that experience and and my faith is important to me, and I hope I pass that on to my children. And to see that, hey, it doesn't matter where where you live. I think the reality that 
God has his children, all of us everywhere. And we're all, we're all just doing our best to get through it and help each other along the way. And, you know, it's funny, get back to the Airbnb there in San Pedro, where we'd, we'd gone to church that day. And the, the caretaker's husband was like, you went to church. Yeah. I'm not really into church. I don't like, like any organized. I'm like, no, for me, being able to go and worship with people who believe in, you know, the similar values and ideas and, and uh, of my association with God, it would, you know, it's, it's important while, while yes, the, the building would matter. We could have just stayed at our Airbnb and done whatever, just having that experience to be able to worship with, with people that share, share my beliefs. And that was, it was a neat experience for me. Any, before we wrap up here and we've chatted for a little while, which has been super fun for me, I'm, I'm set to go. To RJ, you know, I can talk for, I know. And I love it. This might be a two parter. We might have to make this a two parter. Oh yeah. You might have to part three, part one, part two. <laughs> Any last minute thoughts you want to leave us with any thoughts on Belize itself or your family or, you know, any, any takeaways that you have, uh, you know, the, the biggest takeaway is that, you know, same thing I said in that post is just do it. Our lives are, are our family really kind of thrived in the pandemic when everything shut down. We just kind of had to focus on each other. We actually did really well. And it was really, I, I don't know, invigorating to just kind of circle the wagons and focus on each other instead of all the extracurricular and extra things in life that we get sucked into. That being said, you know, there's some benefits of, of the extra things in life and things we do enjoy, but um, it was really probably the first time since we took that trip over to Grand Junction where we were all together as a family, we had time where we could focus on each other, be with each other. You know, I don't know. It was just, I, I feel like I, I need to do that more often with my family. And like I said, as things, you know, change, hopefully they, they continue to be positive. Travis. Thanks so much for your experiences and your stories about Belize. Thanks for coming on Journey with Jake. Hey, thanks for having me. Once again, special thanks to my good friend, Travis Wild. I appreciate him coming on Journey with Jake and sharing his experience going to Belize with his family. Just the awesome experiences that they had and the great things that they experienced together. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, Travis. If you have a place that has special meaning to you and you want to talk about it on Journey with Jake, let me know. Let's hear about it. Send me an email, jake at journeywithjake.net. I'd love to hear from you. It doesn't have to be a once-in-a-lifetime place. It can be somewhere maybe you go on the weekends every summer. Maybe every Labor Day you hit somewhere. Let's talk about those places. It's fun to experience why, why it has such meaning to each of us. And let's get into it. Let's talk about it. If you like Journey with Jake, please think about leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I would really appreciate that. And just as I always say, it's not always about the destination as it is about the journey. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.